Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today to get in the Word of God and talk about it, apply it, obey it, believe it, act on it, and makes a difference in your life. And this morning we are talking about giving. This is Giving Tuesday and a day that uh, people are encouraged to give to nonprofits that they appreciate and want to support and get behind during this Christmas season. And I'd like to—this week we're talking about strategic giving. How do you give wisely? There, there are tremendous fundraisers out there. There are people who know how to raise money. There is a lot of expertise and professionalism goes into how do they know the phrases that get people to give money and so forth. They know the right techniques. There's a lot of training on this. It's a whole industry. And, um, and so you've got to be careful yourself as a wise, you're not a consumer, you're a wise giver. You're a wise giver, a strategic giver. And you want to make sure that you're, you're, you give to what really reflects the values that you have as a Christian, and maybe the values that are given to us, maybe more importantly, the values that God has in the Scripture. And so as we're talking about this this week, I'd like to share some things. And, you know, full disclosure, we're a nonprofit organization. I know many of you do support our ministry, and I hope others do as well. And um, and so part of what I'm saying today reflects the values I see in Scripture. And and as always, everything I say here every morning as we're together in the Word, I want you to always examine what I say in light of the Scripture and make sure that it's you have the same understanding and it's not just my opinions. But my second point here today would be give to those ministries that are going, that are putting the go in the gospel, that are actually getting outside of the church walls. Now, we should give, as I've said yesterday, and as I do believe, you should give to the support of your church. And your church ministers to the flock. Your church builds up the congregation. And the church does a lot of ministry inside the walls of the church, shall we say, assuming you have a gathering place, a building, or whatever. Um, The church does an awful lot of teaching, ministering, caring uh, for the people inside the church. And that's very, very important. Lots of times, the work of really taking the gospel outside is left to missionaries who raise their support and who look to people to help support them as they're going forth with the gospel. And so my encouragement is when you give there, give to those who are actually going, because not all, every missionary does, not every charitable organization does. And I think we should prioritize those who are going with the gospel. Let's look at some verses on this. This is really important for us to understand. Jesus told the story of a, of a, of a man who sent his slaves out. They were going to have a, there, there was going to be a big uh, wedding feast, a big party that he wanted, and his son, I suppose, was getting married, son or daughter, I don't know. But he wanted the wedding hall to be full. He wanted everybody to be there. He didn't want a small party. He didn't want just a small intimate group. He wanted it packed. And so they went out to invite people, and everybody is busy. They weren't available. They had other things going on. And the, 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 the master wasn't real happy about that, and, and he, he wanted everybody there. So he said this. The master said to the slave, go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. I once knew an evangelist who's passed away, but he, he, his slogan was, heaven full, hell empty. Heaven full, hell empty. And to fill up the house of God, or to fill up heaven, we got to go to the people. 
somehow we have adopted a strategy in the Christian church today that is more and more of simply saying, advertise your meetings so they can come to you, so they can come to you. There's kind of a viral video of me uh, a number of years ago at that uh, uh, college in uh, Denver, Metro College in Denver, Colorado, in which a professor is really laying into me for being out in public. And he said to me, uh, just put up a sign, advertise your meaning, get a room and let people who want to come to you come to you. And I say, well, I'm, I'm here in the middle of campus. This is where scripture says, go to the people. Go to the people. And if you don't like, you can walk right on by. You, you wouldn't hear me for more than 20 seconds. Just walk right on by. But we go to the people. Go to the highways, into the byways, and compel the people to come in. This seems to be the scriptural pattern as opposed to just put up a sign and expect people to come find you. Why is it, you know, it's, it's difficult in our day to initiate gospel conversations. This is one thing we talked about a, a couple weeks ago here in our Daily Word and Prayer. How do you, how, if you're not really good at that, if you're not really good at your words and speaking, so how do you initiate conversations? It's difficult. And we need to learn but how to do it. But some people are better at it. Some people are gifted at it. Some people are really strong at this, this is a, that where their strength lies. And somehow we need to unleash those people out into the public and not expect unbelievers to have more boldness and courage than we have. It takes courage to come check out a church. It takes courage to come to a meeting that, that is on our turf, shall we say, as opposed to going to where they're comfortable. When I'm out on the campus, I often, I often say that, you know, the students can do whatever they want out there. They can cuss at me. They can yell at me. They can disagree with me. They can object, interact. Sometimes they have people, this year I've had people, they play their boombox. Sometimes I've had someone bring out a band instrument and, and blow a trumpet or or a trombone, or beat a drum or something to drown me out. This is going to their turf. This is where the lost people are. And somehow, if we only expect people like this to come into our meeting, where they've got to dress the way we like and, and fit into our schedule and do our thing, we're going to miss an awful lot of lost people. We're going to miss an awful lot of lost people. And indeed, what I, what I stress here is when we go onto the campus where I do, we reach people. We at least talk to people. We initiate with people. We reach out and love people that otherwise might never darken the door of a church. They wouldn't feel loved. They wouldn't feel accepted. They wouldn't feel wanted. They wouldn't feel they're allowed to be there. They, they'd be scared. What's it even like in there? What are they going to expect of me? Am I going to have to stand up, sit down, bow? What, what do I have to wear? Are they going to embarrass me? There's so many barriers to expecting people to come into our church. Now, some people who are ripe and ready will come. I'm not. I'm happy with every effort everybody makes to evangelize. I really am. But I encourage we're supposed to be going. Jesus said, he told the story, go into the highways and along the hedges, compel them to come in. Jesus said, Matthew 4, 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Remember hearing the story once about a guy complaining he couldn't catch any fish, and he fished all. He 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 came home from the day and he didn't fish all day, and 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 someone was trying to help him figure out how do you be a better fisherman, 
and they started asking questions about what was he doing. Well, he hadn't put his bait in the water. He hadn't put his he hadn't put the hook on. He hadn't put the hook. He hadn't put his pole in the water. No wonder he wasn't catching the fish. They're not going to jump out of the water and come to you. You got to go to them. This is just doesn't not make sense. You got to go to them. You got to put your you got to put the the net out. You got to put the the pole in the water. You've got to go to the people if you want to see them one to Christ. This is what missionaries should be doing. Of course, the Great Commission tells us this: Go. Jesus said, "Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, or to do, or to put into practice." All that I am commanded you, all that I've commanded you. That's, we've got to put the go back in the gospel. Every statistic you see, every survey you see, every poll you see shows that we are declining dramatically in Christian influence in our country. We're denied, the the generations, the number of, of the younger generations who believe in Christ, who attend a church, is going down, down, dramatically down, dramatically down. We we are seeing it, it's alarming. It should alarm every one of us. And as I've thought about it through the years, a big difference between our generation, again, I was saved during what's now being called the Jesus Revolution, between when I was saved, and now is the number of people who are actually talking to people about the gospel, who are taking the gospel to other people. And if we don't witness to them, if we don't take the gospel out, we're not going to see people saved. If all we do is expect them to come to us, we'll never do what God wants. And as I've said before, every revival we've ever seen one thing that marked it, there were several things, prayer and returning to the Word, preaching the gospel. One thing that marked it was getting out of the church, out of the pulpit, out into the public, taking the gospel to the people. As many of you know, my slogan is called Taking It to Their Turf, which is based on a professor years ago when I first started preaching on campus who yelled at me and yelled, not on my turf, not on my turf. I didn't understand what he was saying I asked him, what do you mean by that? He said, listen, you can say what you want in your church, but this is my turf, and you don't bring that here. He was emphatic, and he gave me a slogan for life. Again, the, I've written a book called Taking It to Their Turf. I wear, I wear a, a, a rubber bracelet that says Taking It to Their Turf. I'm reminded. I want to remind myself, Take It to Their Turf. It's so easy to expect them to come to us. They come to you, you'll be treated with respect. You'll be you'll be liked. You'll be uh, you you can set your program. You take it out on their turf. You never know what's coming next. You never know a question they're going to hit you with. You never know what what opposition you're going to have. You never know if if you might get physical opposition. You never know if, if someone might throw something at you. You never you you are on their turf. You're on their turf. That's where Jesus came. He came to our turf. Paul went into the marketplace and preached the gospel. Peter was preaching on, on, on outside the temple on the southern steps on Pentecost. John the Baptist was outside. He was where the out of the Jordan River. He was out. He wasn't one of the Pharisees in the temple. He was out preaching repentance and and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand. Indeed, great preachers throughout history: Whitfield, uh, Wesley. Uh, 
these others, uh, you know them all, who, who gave us the great awakenings and the great revivals. Sure, some of them preached in churches, but they all got outside the church and they took the gospel out to the people. Groups like the Salvation Army that were known for taking the gospel to the people who are out in the streets. Folks, today we have, we do have, I'm not the only one, there are others out there who are really actively going to the people. And that's what we need to do if we want to see fruit. Now, it's hard work. It takes initiative. It's scary. You don't know what to expect. You might get, you might encounter something that you weren't expecting. But this is where Jesus came. He came to our turf. And I believe God wants us to go to theirs. As you think of strategically giving your funds, I think a question to be asking is are they taking the gospel to lost people? Or are they only expecting lost people to come to their events? Um, again, I'm not saying this to be critical of anyone because I, I, I applaud every effort by anyone to take the gospel to lost people. But I do encourage, make sure you're supporting and getting behind those who are aggressively taking the initiative to reach out. It's hard to do. They need your support. They need your encouragement. They need your prayers. They need your words of of uh, love and and um, support. Let's pray about it, shall we? Father in heaven, I thank you so much that your gospel, the, 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 that your heart led you to come to us. You didn't—ultimately, we must come to you, Lord, but you sent Jesus to come to us. Jesus, you taught us to fish for men. You taught us to put our hook in the water. You taught us to take the initiative, to go to the highways and the hedges— to compel them to come in. You taught us, Lord, to go and make disciples. And I pray, Father, for those people who are really called as goers. And I know all of us, Lord, should, all of us should, as we talked a couple weeks ago, be able to share a testimony or give a piece of literature. But Lord, I want to pray today for those who really have the call of God to to make this their full-time ministry. Uh, to to win souls, to evangelize. Lord, raise up people like this. We are crying out for revival in our land, Lord. Raise up thousands of people who will be taking the initiative to take the gospel to other people and who are supported financially and therefore can do it hours and hours, day after day after day. I pray for this, Lord. You said if we sow abundantly, we'd reap abundantly. If we sow sparingly, we'd reap sparingly. Raise up abundant sowers, abundant reapers, I pray. We cry out. And Father, on this Giving Tuesday, I pray for those who are doing this work. And I know there are many. I pray for those who are doing this work to be fully funded. And the, the, those of us who support them, Lord, give us a heart to give generously. And that in that generosity, Lord, we would further the work of these evangelists in, in taking the gospel to the people. We pray for this. Give us boldness, courage, wisdom, and fruit for your glory. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Oh, give us great fruit for your glory, we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, folks, so glad to have you along with us today. Again, if you'd like to give to our ministry, let me see if I've got it up here. Our ministry, you can find it at TomThePreacher.com, where you can give online, TomThePreacher.com, where you can give online, or also our address there 
If you up at the top to support, you can click on there. And our address, our mailing address is there as well. I want to thank you for being with me. Thank you for being with me today. And uh, if you're new, a special welcome. I hope you join us regularly as we get in the Word of God here every single day to encourage, motivate us, and to be people of action. That's what we want to be. We want to be people who believe God's Word and act on God's Word. Those of you here every day, God knows I love you. I'm so grateful for my privilege of helping instruct and inspire you to be a better Christian. God bless you. I love you. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.